Fort Worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Friday. It's September 30th, 2022, the Feast of St. Jerome. Of course, a great teacher, theologian, historian, and translator of Scripture. One of his famous quotes, ignorance of Scripture, is ignorance of Christ. Amen to that. That's why we're all about you helping, helping you to embrace, of course, relationship with Christ. In the church, of course, by using scripture, among other things, and the sacraments, and the teachings, and the saints, and all that is good, true, and beautiful in the one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. Speaking of which, we'll be talking about that today with our friend Dr. Edward Cherie, right after the break. Now, normally on Friday, we do have Doug Keck, but Doug Keck is leading the troops out in Phoenix, Arizona, where I was supposed to be this week, but I had something come up, so I had to uh, cancel abruptly. I was bummed, but hey, some things happen that you have to take care of. Anyhow... Uh, Doug will be back with us a week from today, and instead we'll have Dr. Edward Shree. I love the title of this book, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. Looking forward to talking with Dr. Shree. That's coming up at 15 minutes past the hour. And for our Fact Check Friday this morning, more stories you're not going to hear from the secular media. So we're going to be talking about the testimony that was shared. If you have signed up for our Fight Like Heaven email from the Diocese of Lansing that began with the diocese pushing this beautiful prayer effort in hopes of defeating Please God on November 8th, this horrific pro-abortion, staunch abortion, anything goes, everything in the kitchen sink included, this amendment that's coming up in Michigan on November 8th, you will also be receiving incredible links, incredible short videos with different stories. And earlier this week, they sent out a beautiful video of a woman who had an abortion when she was 14 years old. Now, one of the arguments that you often hear in favor of legalized abortion is, oh, well, what if a young girl gets pregnant? What happens then? I mean, isn't it awful to make her go through with that pregnancy? I've even had some of our listeners write that. But what you don't realize is that every abortion, no matter what situation, regardless of what Joe Biden thinks or said last week about the church making exceptions, the church teaching has not changed. And this is a most loving approach. And we need to make sure that we're refreshing our understanding and listening to what the church says versus trying to make decisions on our own without the guidance of teaching and scripture and tradition. And you hear the testimony of this woman who became pregnant out of wedlock at 14 years old and decided to have an abortion and what it did to her. 14, just a few years older from that poor, poor dear girl in Ohio who was raped and became pregnant, and then she was whisked away to Indiana to have an abortion. We need to be able to address these situations. Now, in this case with this woman, it was not a case of rape, but she was still very, very young and pressured. Put in the situation, well, this is going to ruin your life, you're only 14, you can't be expected to carry that baby to term, blah, 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 all the things you've heard. So that's one story. Another story is this great article that's on Detroit Catholic this morning. And it's all about advice to deacons and priests on preaching on not only Prop 8, but the whole issue of life. So well written by a regular guest of ours, Father Charles Fox, who's at the seminary, Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, He has a background in journalism and writes quite frequently for a number of publications, including The Register, Catholic World Report, Detroit Catholic. 
this is a great article not only to share with your priests and your deacons at your parish, but to read yourself and also to share with people when they say, oh, can't talk about this, it's political. Well, first of all, this particular amendment is nonpartisan, and it's a constitutional issue. So you, it's not about party politics, right? And so the church has every right, and woe to her if she does not preach the gospel, given what is at stake. And what really, really is frustrating, I think, is oftentimes people say, well, you know, it's a violation of, of um, you know, church and state. No, it's not. It's not, number one. You have to understand fully the First Amendment and what it says. It's freedom of religion, not from religion. And this phrase, violation of church and state, does not appear anywhere in the First Amendment, by the way. It was originally in a letter to the, to the Baptist, uh, Danbury, Danbury Baptist Association. But anyway, I don't want to get off track. But the bottom line is, what to us if we don't preach the gospel? So what do you want to talk about? What is that homily for? Yes, you have to build, and I know this having gone through formation with my husband, you have to build on the readings, obviously. Whether you choose the first reading, the second reading, the responsorial, some of the gospel, all of the above, it should be a reflection on the readings to make sure that the people are understanding. Now, there can be exceptions, as in the grave case we have here in Michigan, as Father Charlie points out. But there's also plenty of ways to tie in the gospel with what's happening in the world because scripture is very revealing and often ties in directly with what we're experiencing and I'll talk about that to do too today because of the readings today tying in with what we're feeling and seeing in the world alright so fact check Friday stories and things you don't hear about and I want to brag a little bit on my friend Dr. Monica Miller from Citizens for a Pro-Life Society if I hear one more time that we don't care about women we don't do anything for women I have a very powerful story on what some Michigan residents are doing to help a young woman who's feeling pressured to have an abortion. And thanks be to God, because of the help she's receiving from the pro-life community, is, is right now, it appears, is going to say yes to the life of her baby. And the biggest pressure she had? Financial. Often the one reason that women who find themselves in crisis situations go toward an abortion because they think it will be easier and will help them more financially. Lots to discuss this morning. So let's get started now. As far as the forecast is concerned, uh, what they're talking about, we'll get into this in the news, but the big thing is the storm, Ian, is moving north, and it is going to hit along Georgia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So the devastation, though, now the sun is up two days after this came in, really, really devastating. So we continue to watch what's happening down there and pray for those involved. All right, it's already six minutes past the hour. Let's see what's happening. It is a Friday morning, September 30th, the Feast of St. Jerome. Ignorance of Scripture is Ignorance of Christ. Let's get started. Well, as we just mentioned, the aftermath of destruction still revealing itself two days after Hurricane Ian blasted through southwestern Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis doesn't have words for it. Some of the damage was, um, you know, almost indescribable. In Fort Myers and Naples, entire neighborhoods wiped out by storm surge and 150-mile-an-hour winds. Rescue teams going into the water to save people left stranded. Countless piles of debris littering the streets up and down the southwest coast. And Sanibel Island is only accessible now by boat or helicopter after the only bridge to it washed away. Help, though, is pouring in for those impacted by the hurricane. The Florida Disaster Fund went live this week collecting donations. Governor Ron DeSantis announcing yesterday over $10 million already collected in the first 24 hours. The governor also says the focus now is on getting those stranded by Hurricane Ian to safety. 
Life safety, of course, is, is critical. Anyone stranded on one of those barrier islands uh, want to make sure that, that, that they're safe. At least a dozen people are confirmed dead after the hurricane left that path of destruction across Florida. Meanwhile, the early price tag is in for how much damage a hurricane did in the city of Naples. This is just one city, and for the town facilities, it's $20 million, but that doesn't include the private property. We expect it to be in excess of $200 million uh, or more. That's a city manager of Naples saying the historic fishing pier has been heavily damaged and is closed until further notice. While the city's curfew has been lifted, the warn, he warns roads are still very hazardous. A precautionary boil water order remaining in place in that part of Florida. While the treatment plan is fully functional, there are system-wide pressure issues. The wastewater treatment plan is also fully functional, but residents are being asked to reduce water to minimize the flow into the system. And Michelle Grossman, who's a meteorologist, says Hurricane Ian is now closing in on the South Carolina coast. We're looking at a hurricane once again. We had a little break, but once again, we're looking at the chance for a life-threatening storm surge, life-threatening flash flooding, some damaging winds that certainly could cause some power outages. Up to seven feet of storm surge possible in parts of South Carolina, where normally dry areas along the coast could be flooded by rising waters. Liz Kennedy tells us Georgia's insurance leader urging residents in that state to be prepared for any storm that may cause damage and destruction. Whether it's Hurricane Ian or any severe weather that may come our way, Commissioner John King is suggesting residents make sure important documents, valuables, or sentimental items are stored in a water and fireproof safe. King says vital paperwork can also be saved electronically. Homeowners may also want to consider taking photos or videos of their property before bad weather hits Georgia to make it easier to file any insurance claims. In other news this morning, earlier this week on Wednesday, Catholic News Agency reporting Catholics recited the Divine Mercy Chaplet in the streets of 173 cities in Poland and 44 locations around the globe. At 3 p.m. local time, street intersections and public squares in towns and villages throughout Poland turned into places of prayer for peace and for those affected by war. With rosaries in hand, the faithful asking God for mercy for all humanity the organizers saying, we believe that 10 minutes of supplication to God can change our families, cities, and the whole world. The families of three children who survived the Uvalde school shooting in Texas are now suing. Attorney Stephanie Sherman saying the lawsuit has been filed in federal court. Because we have constitutional law violations against the school district and the police force. The suit alleging that the gunmaker deliberately marketed uh, marketed military-grade weapons to untrained civilians and young adult males. That assault rifle used to murder 19 students and two teachers in May was purchased legally by the 18-year-old gunman. Eddie McCoven reports an investigation is now underway after authorities disposed of a dangerous substance left out in a lab at UC San Diego. A one-liter bottle was left unattended in a lab containing diethyl ether, a highly volatile and shock-sensitive substance. San Diego Fire Rescue Battalion Chief Eric Windsor says the chemical may have just been left out accidentally. We do not believe that it was intentionally left here for any ill intent. Uh, It seems or appears that this chemical may have been just found in a beaker. The building was evacuated for several hours as a precaution. San Diego Fire's hazmat team, along with bomb squads from the Sheriff's Department and the FBI, removed the bottle from the lab and placed it in a safe container where it was blown up. The university is investigating the incident. A new lawsuit challenging the Biden administration's major plan to forgive student loan debt. Six states, including Missouri, 
are bringing that legal challenge. The State Attorney General Eric Schmidt tweeting the move will settle working families with even more economic woes and higher inflation. Matt Madison tells us a California trust is revealing it has reached a settlement with PG&E regarding two of the state's most damaging wildfires. Reuters reports the utility will pay $117 million after being taken to court for claims of lax oversight regarding the North Bay and Camp fires. A lawyer for the PG&E Fire Victim Trust says most of the money will go to federal agencies which battled those fires and called the settlement one of the largest of its kind. Both wildfires took place within a 13-month span between 2017 and 2018. Numerous deaths were reported and hundreds of thousands of acres were burned. It is a Friday morning. Good to be with you on Friday on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Doug Keck won't be with us today, but God willing, we'll be back next week to tell us all about how the family celebration went, as well as a Catholic radio conference. When we come back, taking a look at the oh-so-important topic, as well as the sacrament in the Catholic Church of Marriage, our friend Dr. Edward Shree has a brand-new book out, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. We'll be right back. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This program is underwritten in part by the following. This October 3rd and 4th. Hunger is not only for a piece of bread. Hunger is for love. That man lying in the street, eaten up by worms, it is the child of God. Mother Teresa, No Greater Love, exclusively in theaters, October 3rd and 4th. More information at MotherTeresaMovie.com. That's MotherTeresaMovie.com. The EWTN home video highlight for September is The Pilgrim, The Soldier. In this inspiring story, a soldier tormented by an atrocity he committed thinks all hope is lost. When he encounters a pious pilgrim, he learns the mercy of God is greater than his sin. This EWTN original film shows the power of personal witness to bring people to conversion. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com or call 1-800-854-6316. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Always great to catch up with Dr. Edward Shree. I saw his handsome face just last weekend. We were giving a diaconate retreat, Deacon Domini, uh, for diaconate couples and helping them focus, of course, on the Lord, marriage, and make sure they keep things in perspective. And we always draw from the great lessons informed, and we use the video Protecting the Bond in which we feature Dr. Edward Tree. It was great. His new book is The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. What a great title. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me again. 
Are you mean to tell me that there's actually struggles in marriage, that things aren't always perfect and, you know, Ozzy and Harriet-like stuff? <laughs> you know, this is why we really wanted to write the book here. So first time my wife and I co-authored something together. But, we, you know, with our work with the young-focused missionaries and lots of just young adults here in Denver and around the country, we see that, you know, so many of them have high ideals. You know, they've heard about theology of the body. They want to do marriage the Catholic way. They want to pray and have Jesus at the center. It's awesome. But many of them, they go into their marriages, and then they, they told us this. They said, we had no idea mm-hmm. how hard this was. We thought we pray, we got Jesus, we go to adoration. Yeah, we'll struggle, but it'll all work out. But whoa, <laughs> the, the, the surprise that they have going into these challenges uh, is really hard. We just wanted to write something that was going to speak right to them. They, they desire to have holy marriages, but they struggle, and to know it's okay. When those struggles come up, when you feel hurt, you feel disappointed, you have these dark moments in your marriage, that happens in all of our marriages. And hey, don't press the panic button. That just means that the, the sacrament's working. God's bringing things to the surface that he wants to work on in your heart. And so what do you do in those little things that come up in all marriages? So why do you think they have um, such high expectations? Not that you shouldn't have high expectations, but what did they think wasn't going to happen? They think it was going to be, you know, um, all peaches and cream, as my grandma Tommy used to say, it's not all peaches and cream, you know. You know, I think I'll, I'll just share from my own experience. You know, when we, Beth and I, uh, were, so Beth was one of the first focused missionaries. We fell in love doing evangelization work together. And, you know, we saw the problems out there in the world and its views of marriage and stuff. And I remember early on, we were both thinking, you know, we're going to do it different. We're going to do it that Catholic way. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we, I will struggle, but then we'll make sacrifices for each other. But, you know, we're going to do it differently. And, you know, you get into it, you know, a few years, a few kids in the marriage, and you're pretty humbled, <laughs> and you're realizing, I just don't have enough to give, or, wow, this, this is, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm hurt by my spouse. Why is this happening? I, I think it's, again, because of the high ideals that we hear, especially, again, this is a blessing, that the Church is doing more on marriage preparation, and we're hearing more about the teachings, especially of St. John Paul II on marriage, that it inspires people, and, and that's a good thing. But I don't think many people hear about the other text John Paul II talks about, where he talks about how hard marriage is, and, you're, and, and God wants to meet you in those difficulties. Um, I, I think another thing is I hear from a lot of young people today that they talk a lot about like marriage and their longing to find their spouse. And, and you get a sense that they see marriage not primarily as a vocation, but more about like someone that's going to fulfill me. I, mm-hmm. I, I need to find that person that's going to make me feel you know, feel good about myself, and I won't feel lonely anymore, and they'll just be there to make me feel good. And, and they don't come right out and say it, but that's, you know, that's the view out there in the world, and many Catholics are breathing that in. And so when they get in their marriages and they find, oh, that my, my spouse disappoints me, my spouse leaves a mess, a mess everywhere, <laughs> my spouse says things that upsets me, it, it's like a shock for them. And I think part of what we do in the book, we have sections where we talk about, you know, marriage is a vocation. It's not about what you know what you get out of the other person it's not about the other person making you feel good about yourself it's when you give yourself away in a vocation right that that's where we find the true mystery of love a true a true fulfillment and happiness yeah amen talking with dr edward shree and of course his latest book co-written with his wife beth the good the messy and the beautiful the joys and struggles of real married life and I think the reality of the situation is so important because I think you have to embrace it. I mean you've been married how long now to Beth 
23 years. Okay, summer. we just celebrated 39. So I think after you, you, you get in the you know, in the trenches for a while, you realize. But when you pull back and when you have God first in that marriage and you have that relationship individually with Christ and as a couple, I mean, the big things are not so big anymore. And then you, you can embrace a real sense of humor about life and your differences. That's what Dominic and I laugh about all the time because we are so different and so opposite. But we see now why God brought us together because we balance each other out. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think you know all the differences that come up in marriage. You, at first, you can view them as just again great surprises, and whoa, how is this going to work out? <laughs> you know, the, the, this other person thinks so differently than I do. The way they approach money, the way they approach the holidays, the way they approach disciplining children, or the levels of cleanliness in the house. You know, this person just thinks so differently than I do. Uh, how is this possibly going to work out? And those those differences, you know, they often say, you know, that it's beautiful because they, you know, you, you know, they round each other out, and you know, and they each has its own genius, and all, and that that's true. There is a complementarity, you know, in the differences, but that doesn't take away from how hard it could be. You know, I'm I'm reminded of a, a, a friend of mine who, uh, you know, he came from a very quiet, introverted family, and his wife <laughs> married a, lo- a loud, boisterous uh, Irish woman. And any time, like, of the slightest little thing came up, when she was, you know, maybe upset or stressed about something, it would be loud. And she'd be like, why is this happening? And it was, like, really big kind of emotions. And that's just what her Irish family did. And then, you know, there would be a big emotion. They'd yell at each other. And then and they're fine, right? Yeah. 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 And so you can imagine in this poor marriage, he's, like, he sees this big emotion. And in his family, he grew up with no emotions. It's like, ah, what's happening? You know? and, 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 and then she's looking at him saying, how come he doesn't share his emotions? How come, right. you know, I shared mine, and he, he's getting quieter, and he walks away. What's happening? And so, you know, that caused a lot of tension. In those moments, we could think, well, she just needs to change. She needs to tone down their, her emotions, or she could be saying, he needs to open up and share his emotions more. And and it was a source of tension early on their marriage, but what they came to see is that, no, 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 I need to change. You know, it's, you know I, I know I came from an Irish family, but... I need to lower it a little bit because I don't right. want to put him in this difficult position. And he realizes, you know, I don't have to freak out every time there's big emotions, and maybe I need to get out of my shell a little bit. They turned inward and looked at what can I do to change to love right. and care for my beloved. And I think that's the key when we, these differences come up. Right, and understanding that, well, of course, Dominic and I have the same background. So, so the I mean, he's, he's more introverted than I am, but the loudness doesn't bother him because he grew up in an Italian family and everybody is yelling all the time, but it's not yelling. It's just the way we express ourselves, and you're half Italian, so you get it too. But I think it's important to appreciate that if people do have different backgrounds, that, okay, how can I help them understand, as you just said, because it doesn't mean that you have to, that you have to do everything the same way your family did. It doesn't even mean that what they did was, was the correct way of approaching it. Exactly, you know, and we can use that sometimes as a rationale. So actually, this is this is true. But best to tell you the story. Early on in our marriage, I would have some big emotion reactions, you know, and she'd be a little, you know, concerned about that and, and wondering what's happening. Uh, but then I, 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 early on, I made the mistake of saying, "Oh, honey, I'm just Italian. This is just what we do as Italians," you know. <laughs> and, and and I realized and that that wasn't good, right? I need to look at okay, what what can I do to change here? I need to lower it. I need to not have a big outburst of emotion. Yes, that's how I did it in, you know, growing up in my family, but that's not going to work here in this situation. I need to be thinking of her. How do I change? And, and I think there's a balance, too, because I think you're, there are certain people who are more vocal and more emotional, and that's okay, but you have to uh, to really appreciate where the other person is coming from, so you both are willing to, to, to adjust it, turn it down or turn it up, whatever's needed. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's all, it's all on both ends. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So before we take a break, let me ask you, this sounds like a book that would be just fantastic to use in marriage prep or marriage enrichment. Is that why you wrote the book? Is that what it's designed for? Or is it just something you really felt necessary to write you together know, it, as a married couple? It, it's exactly, it's for both of those things. And it came out of 2020. You know, my wife and I, she doesn't get to come with me when I go speak around the country. Everyone says, oh, bring Beth along. You know, well, who's going to watch our eight kids? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but in 2020... With everybody doing these virtual events, we just started, we, you know, we're involved in a couple of marriage conferences, and then we just kept getting asked for more and more and more. And we saw that what we were sharing was really resonating with people, you know. And then we did these videos with Ascension Presents all on different pieces of marriage, and we got huge feedback on that. And so we just sensed, we want, you know, let's write this to put it out there. So it is for those that are thinking about marriage, you know, preparing for marriage. We have questions for engaged couples at the end of every at the end of every chapter. But I think what we're thinking primarily is also those people who are in marriage. You know, there are three years in the marriage, three kids in the marriage, seven years, 15 years in the marriage. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the prior period where things get you know, hard, it gets really messy. What do you do in those times? And so we, we're just, we, we mentor a lot of cu- young couples, and many of them are reading the book right now. And just this week I told a young focus couple, I said, this is awesome, you're using this, but here's what I want you to do. Promise me three years from now, three years after you get married, you'll go back and read this. Because I think it, it, it helps you prepare, but when you're in it, because nothing can really get you ready for the reality of your marriage. Amen, <laughs> brother. I hear you. <laughs> More with Dr. Edward Shree about the new book he wrote with his beautiful wife, Beth, The Good, The Messy, and The Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. Let's get real here, people. We'll be right back. At first, it felt like a relief. I thought I would forget about it with time. I was not prepared to accept the responsibility. Then things changed. I felt anger, and things started going wrong everywhere. The depression wouldn't let me be who I used to be. Are you a man suffering due to a loss from an abortion decision? You are not alone. There are people who can help at projectjosephdallas.org. I realized I had lost my child. I felt like I couldn't be forgiven. Now it's been years and years of this. Don't suffer alone. Visit projectjosephdallas.org. A message from Project Joseph of Dallas, a ministry for men who have suffered the experience of abortion. Catholic Brothers for Christ invites all men to attend their Fall Expiritus Conference on Saturday, October 29th at All Saints Catholic Church in North Dallas. The conference begins with a 7.30 a.m. Mass and ends at noon. Hello, I'm Father Zachary Burns from Good Shepherd Catholic Community in Colleyville. I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak at this event. The theme is American Men, American Saints. Come learn what it means to be an American man striving for patriotism and the spiritual freedom we find in Christ. For information and to register, visit CatholicBrothersForChrist.com. 
Hello, my name is Bill Mertz. My wife Liz and I own Master Tech Auto Repair in Plano. We're proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Master Tech is a full-service auto repair. From oil changes to complete engine replacement, our transmission service. We're located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. We know that our faith talks about the true, the beautiful, and the good. That's why I love the title of this book, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. And Dr. Edward Shee wrote this with his beautiful wife, Beth. Married for 23 years. You have eight wonderful children, and they've encountered the good, the messy, and the beautiful, and the joys and struggles of real married life. And we're chuckling because we know the reality, those of us who've been married for a little while. And, and I think it's a, I think the messiness, you don't want to make a mess, but I think the messiness is part of the, the joy. This, this whole idea, there was a, a song years ago. I'm sure you're probably old enough. I know you're younger than me, but you're old enough to remember this. It was by Carly Simon came out in the 90s. It's called The Stuff That Dreams Are Made Of. And it was a song about uh, hanging out in the backyard and, and not going away to a foreign place and your, your friend's going off and sailing to Greece and you're sitting there in the backyard on 4th of July and you're thinking she hasn't made, but what you really have in front of you is the stuff that dreams are made of. It's talking about a woman who's married with kids. and to, uh, That kind of a song, imagine, from, from our culture. Couldn't even imagine something like that now. But it really is the good, the messy, and the beautiful. Yeah, and I think it's it, God makes something beautiful out of the messiness. Right? That's that's part of the point. You know, we want to just say like everybody has these struggles. They're all there. I mean, most people don't talk about them, but but they're all there. And it's right there that God wants to meet us. You know, one of the analogies we use is a beautiful insight from Pope Benedict is the the story of Cana. So there's that first wine at the wedding feast of Cana, and everyone loves it, and, and but it it doesn't last. It runs out. Um, and, and Jesus has to step in and do his great supernatural work in order to great, make this new wine that's better and, and is more abundant and will go the distance. And Pope Benedict says that the love that a couple brings to marriage is like mm-hmm. the first wine cleaner. It's wonderful, it's attractive, you want to be together all the time. But then as you settle into marriage, it, that, that initial love runs out. It's not going to last, and, and God wants to do something. He wants to take our love on a journey, wants to take it to the next level, but he has to step in in those moments of our poverty, when I feel like, oh, I, I just, I, I don't have any more to give right now, or, 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 I, I, or I'm just frustrated, and uh, is this ever going to get better? In those moments, Jesus wants to step in and, and, and take our love into a whole diff- different level, and I think what happens is many people, when they reach those moments of poverty in their marriage, those moments of disappointment, discouragement, hurt, they, they they look at that as like, oh, my marriage is tanking. And and what we're trying to say, no, no, that's actually the awesome moment now for you to step out in greater trust, greater faith, and greater love to, to meet Jesus in the midst of those trials. Why do you think, and by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking with author, speaker, theologian, and co-founder of the Beautiful Focus Ministry Fellowship of Catholic University students, Dr. Edward Shree. You know him from great programs on EWTN and, of course, through Ascension, and is just an amazing teacher of the faith. We're so blessed to have him. Uh, his latest book, The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life, co-authored by his beautiful wife, Beth. So why do you think, I know that you're, you're targeting um, all people here, but especially people who are already faithful going into the marriage, that they, they get the God thing. They know that they want to live out a truly Catholic marriage. They want to live out this vocation. 
But if they're more knowledgeable than most, because my husband and I were like clueless when we got married. We got married in the Catholic Church, and we knew very little about the faith or weren't even interested. Okay, yeah, you're Italian, you're Catholic, you get married in the Catholic Church, but that was about it. When people have a knowledge of Jesus, and they have a knowledge of especially T.O.B., Theology of the Body, I would think that they would have more of an understanding of the messiness because they understand Christ and what he went through and, and, and what that, that struggle, his struggle, and what his, his, his well, uh, suffering gave us. It's, it's true, but, but, but I think this is why my wife and I wanted to write this book, that there's, there's not much out there that talks about this. I mean, you, you'll get this in, like, the great, heady, more heady theology books, you know, things I yeah. might teach in a graduate class. And, but a lot of the marriage stuff is also more superficial. It's like, here are seven ways to have better communication with your wife, and here's three ways to have a good fight. You know, and that's fine. Those are helpful. But there's not a lot that's bridging the gap between the great tradition of the saints and the great writings on marriage in the, in the world of theology and scripture and, and applying it to ordinary lay people's daily lives. And that's what we, I think that's what we saw was resonating with people. Like we would just say things that we thought were just pretty basic. And all of a sudden we're hearing like, wow, I mean, these are people that again, they study TOB. They, they, they read a lot about marriage, but they haven't, they haven't heard the reality of marriage part here. You know, I'll give one example. You know, that there's that mm-hmm. expression that people say, you know, you know, marriage, Catholic marriage is all about getting your spouse to heaven, you know, and I remember being a young husband and being inspired by that and right. thinking, oh, that's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for Beth, make sacrifices for her, make sure she prays and make a holy home. I'm going to help Beth get to heaven. But it's over time I realized the main way I help Beth, Beth get to heaven is this. Every day, Beth has to deal with me. <laughs> she has to deal with my pride, <laughs> my selfishness, my, my insecurities, my hurts, and, and, and she's getting centuries off of purgatory every right. day. Right. Well, I that's what I say, but Dominic's already canonized. I don't know if you knew that, but he's the first man in life that's <laughs> been canonized because he's put up with me for 39 years. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the whole process, you know, of, of like having to deal with each other's weaknesses and learning to love like Jesus. Because it's one thing to say, I, uh, Ephesians 5, I'll lay down my life for my bride. You know, but when she asked me to go get a, a can in the pantry during my favorite football game, and I say, oh, honey, I really just can't do that right now. I mean, it's like, like I'll, I'll yeah. die for you, but I won't get the can for you right, right. now. You know? I mean, we have so much selfishness that needs to be purified. And here's the thing. So many marriages don't, like, they're not going after this intentionally. It's just like, you know, we love each other, we pray and things, but, but it, it falls into a certain mediocrity. And, and, the, and the husband and wife don't grow in closeness. They don't grow in unity and trust. They just kind of just become lukewarm in their marriage, so to speak. It's not bad. They stay together. They raise the kids Catholic. But it's, it's far from what God has in store for them. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to write this for those souls that long for a, a great marriage, not just one that stays together. Uh, a, a marriage that's growing in deeper friendship and finding Jesus in the middle of the struggles. We wanted to offer that because it, it, Jesus doesn't want a lukewarm marriage. He wants right. a marriage that's really growing and going to the next level. I'm so happy you wrote this book because I think it's so beneficial. And, and I think the important thing, too, how important do you think is a sense of humor in all of this? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you, you'll read the book, and there's, people have told us there's moments of we're very vulnerable and we'll share things from difficulties and times where we had to go to counseling and things like that. And, and, and they're, they're, they'll say they, they got teared up, you know, reading certain sections of the book. But they're also so many, they laugh about so many of the foibles, you know, that we talk about and the mistakes we made. And, you know, and, and I think that that is an important aspect to not take ourselves so seriously. Like, it, it, in other words, if I go in thinking, you know, I have to get it perfect, I have to do it right. And that's what the younger generation, they want to do it right. They always ask us, okay, so what, what do we need to do to do marriage right? And Beth and I just say, relax, just you're not going to do it right, and be okay with that, because you're yeah. not perfect. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a perfectionism 
that, that, that gets many people to feel ashamed or discouraged about their marriages. And I, I just think this is so important, especially for this younger generation, to be okay with the messiness and, and have a sense of humor about yourself. You can go, huh, yeah, I did that. That was, that was crazy. I, I think that's that. the beauty of life, though, the, 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 because it's a whole Romans 8.28 thing. All things work together for good. And, and, and to, mm. yeah, because people, can't, people won't be interested in marriage if they think that they have to be these perfectly quaffed all the time people who you know, never, uh, you know, never spill anything on the dining room table and everybody is just sitting around the table singing Kumbaya. That's not life. It, you know, it, things happen. Yeah, it, it reminds me that there's a, a couple that came over uh, and they're good friends. But we, they got married and they lived in a different town and we didn't see them for a year. And then we, after the, you know, we, we had them over and just asked them, so what's your biggest surprise having been married? And it was so fun to hear their laughter. The wife immediately got animated. She says, it's the socks. The socks are the biggest challenge. And we're laughing. What's that all about? And she talks about how, you know, when he was engaged, there were socks all over his apartment. And she says, you're going to take care of these, right? He's like, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, you can see that in the marriage, there's socks all the over. The socks are still there. I love the fact you have the socks on the cover of the uh, of the book. My grandmother said that, exactly. too. It's going to be dirty laundry. It's going to be socks all over the place. He's going to drive you crazy. Anyway, good stuff, Ted. Thanks so much. The book is The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life from Ascension. The Faith Formation Leader, Dr. Edward Tree and his wife, Beth, will have a link to it on our archive section. We'll be right back. The Catholic Brothers for Christ invite all men to their 2022 Experitus Fall Conference on Saturday, October 29th at All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas with Mass at 7.30 a.m. and the conference from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. The guest speaker will be Father Zach Burns from Good Shepherd Parish in Colleyville. The theme is American Men, American Saints. Come learn what it means to be a man striving for spiritual excellence and patriotism. For information and to register, visit catholicbrothersforchrist.com. Are you a small company needing IT help? Is your computer running slow? Do you need help securing your network? Do you want the peace of mind knowing your computers are running optimally and securely? I'm Charles Gura, a parishioner at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Kelton and a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. We can be reached at 214-702-6996 or online at pro-multis.com, P-R-O-M-U-L-T-I-S.com. We use our talents to help with your technology so you can use your talents to run your business. National Life Chain will be held at almost 40 locations around the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. For the past 34 years, Life Chain has been a peaceful, prayerful, public witness of the Christian community standing together for life, with signs conveying this message provided at each site. The next National Life Chain is on Sunday, October 2nd, from 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. If you would like to participate in or coordinate a Life Chain in your area, visit lifechain.net for the Texas Life Chain. The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Little Elm Eye Care for their support of local Catholic radio. Little Elm Eye Care is owned by Drs. Burt and Leslie Bubella, parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. They specialize in family vision care, comprehensive eye exams, contact lenses, and the treatment of eye diseases and injuries. Little Elm Eye Care is located at 1200 East El Dorado Parkway, Suite 100, across from the Little Elm Athletic Complex. They can be reached by calling 972-2920-900 or on the web at littleelmeyecare.com. Welcome back, 
Catholic Connection. It is a Friday morning, Fact Check Friday. It's a segment I've been doing since the uh, 2016 election. Yeah, talking about the media and the stories you won't hear or giving you some insider's analysis of the news media in our world today. This morning, I thought I would concentrate on some really neat stories and very important stories as it pertains to the pro-life issue, which is so prominently featured in midterms, not only in my home state of Michigan, but in many other states across the uh, U.S. of A. that are facing severe, severe pro-abortion amendments. And the left and the media are not giving us the full story. I know it's shocking on what's at stake here. So we try to uh, give you some inside information on this and share with you stories that you won't hear in the secular press and also kind of dissect it from a factual basis. But this morning, we are going to be concentrating on some of the stories you're not going to hear out there in the media. One of the biggest criticisms we often hear, of course, in the pro-life movement is that we don't care about the women. We only care about the babies. Well, that's simply not true. Case in point is we know about the work of pregnancy resource centers, and we should be able to point to these places in our own neighborhood. If someone says, oh, what do you do for women? What kind of resources do you have? You should be able to send them to a place. We have so many in the Archdiocese of Detroit. I can point to Walking with Moms in Need, which is a great program not only in Detroit but across the across the country. I can point them to uh, three or four local pregnancy resource centers right in my area. I can point them to other groups that are working directly with women in need in these situations. For example, my friend Dr. Monica Miller from Citizens for a Pro-Life Society. If somebody asked me that question today, I would say, okay, well, what do you think of, of this? A friend of mine that I've known for years who works on the front lines of the pro-life movement has just written yet another check out of her own personal finances to the tune of almost $2,000 to help a woman in need who's in a crisis pregnancy center who's very concerned about finances. So does she not care about women? And what about the other folks who are coming forward to help pay for this woman's car payment? Because one of the main reasons this woman has expressed concern about having another child has to do with finances, which is often the case. Finances, a personal situation where they're not getting support. This is the kind of work that Guadalupe Partners, Citizens for a Pro-Life Society, Right to Life in Michigan, all the other great pro-life workers out there, you do this on a regular basis. I know somebody listening to me right now would say, yeah, I I just donated to uh, a local pregnancy resource center so they could have a little bit more money to help get needs met for these moms who are in crisis. So these are the types of stories, and I think it's a great human interest story, because Monica has been working uh, through email with all of us on her contact list to help this woman and to pray for her so she would say no to this abortion. Meaning this woman in a very personal way, what is your need? Why are you feeling pressure to kill your child, to take the life of your child? What is it? And at the end of the day, the women really most times don't want to do this. They are pressured for one reason or another. But these stories about the help that's available, maternity homes, pregnancy resource centers, financial support, on and on and on. And I've got a whole resource section on my page at TeresaTomio.com. Just go to resources. Dozens of resources there, including some of the ones I just mentioned. But we don't hear the stories. Another story we don't hear are the stories about abortion not being a quick and easy fix, especially when it impacts young girls. People always jump to the fact, well, you can't expect a child, someone under 16, or God forbid, someone as young as 10 or 11, as we saw in that horrific case in Ohio and Indiana, with the young girl who was raped and conceived. And then she was whisked away to Indiana for an abortion. I actually had a woman write me, and I wrote her back a very long, detailed email. She never responded. 
that she thought that even though she was pro-life, that this is obviously the best answer for this 10-year-old girl. Hmm. I encouraged her to visit the page of Silent No More Awareness to see the testimonies of women, women who had abortions and they were very young, who were pressured to do so, including women in situations that were very similar to this young girl. They conceived through rape or incest. And you know what they said? They said that the abortion was worse than the horrific act of rape. It was like adding salt to the wound, adding insult to injury. Dr. David Reardon has done extensive studies on this. You can go to afterabortion.org. That's another resource I have on my resources page at teresatomio.com slash resources. So these are the types of stories that we're working so hard to get out there in the state of Michigan right now. I'm very proud of the dioceses. They're really just doing an amazing job. Last night we had a huge webinar that was hosted by one of our regular guests, Dr. Marlon DeLatore from the Archdiocese of Detroit Evangelization Department with a whole slew of experts, medical experts, legal experts, Michigan Catholic Conference. We maxed out. I'm so proud of Michiganders. We maxed out. We had, I think, maybe 1,200, 1,300 people that tuned in. And among those people who tuned in, who signed up for this webinar, which was through the Fight Like Heaven effort that we've been talking about, the 54-day novima that was started by uh, Bishop Boyer in Lansing, there were many, many watch parties at parishes. I talked to Dr. Marlon this morning, he was the MC, and he told me that he think they probably had a dozen or more parishes that were doing watch parties. So that's a huge amount of people that they were able to reach online. Uh, my friend Michelle LaPiccolo from Our Lady of Good Counsel Parish, a big parish in the Archdiocese of Detroit that had that phenomenal seminar, in-person seminar a couple of weeks ago where they had some 500 people packing the basement in Our Lady of Good Counsel talking about Proposal 3. They now have their signs that are out there on their, on their front lawns, and more people will be receiving those, those yard signs very soon. So these are the types of stories, different efforts, different one-on-one personal situations and contacts that pro-lifers are making that you don't hear in the secular media. I also want to share with you, as I mentioned, another story. One thing that will happen when you sign up for this Fight Like Heaven, and you can find this at the Diocese of Lansing website, Lansing, Michigan, or you can go to AveMariaRadio.net. We've got it in our slideshow. We have a huge amount of information there. But even if you miss the start of this beautiful 54-day novena, which began on the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows on September 15th, you can still sign up. And what you get every day, in addition to encouragement and a little prayer message, is a video about a different story that you're not going to hear out there in the culture. We also had a beautiful video this week of one of the doctors, the OBGYNs that works at a pregnancy resource center at my alma mater in Mount Pleasant, Michigan at Central Michigan University and how she talks about safety and how she's so concerned about women and how their safety and their health is being ignored by this extreme measure which is going to wipe out so many health and safety regulations in place and give us abortion on demand through nine months of pregnancy, no parental notification, no parental involvement, parents can't say a darn thing. You can't even go after an abortionist. And this whole idea of a health professional does not have to be under this measure an MD or an OBGYN that has to perform the abortion. It could be pretty much anybody who has a title of health professional. And this is not an exaggeration. So these are the stories that are not getting out there. You don't hear from the pro-life MDs. You don't hear from the women 
who said even though they were very young and in a very vulnerable situation, the abortion did not solve their problem. So I want to, as we wrap up this segment of Fact Check Friday, leave this with you, this very powerful video. And this woman had such courage to be able to really put her story out there. Now, she has received post-abortion healing, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful testimony about, you know what, abortion is not the answer. So this is a woman, I believe her name is, um, it's already actually listed in the, in the feed that they sent out. This is a woman who had an abortion when she was just 14 years old. She's from Michigan, and she tells her story about it, it was not the easy answer that everyone thought it would be. I had an abortion when I was 14 years old. Um, And many times I think women and men feel that having an abortion is the easy answer to a baby. And um, I am living proof that it is not an easy answer. At 14, I mean, my brain probably wasn't even developed all the way and I couldn't really think for myself very well. Um, and at that time, ab- abortion just seemed like nobody will know. And you just move on with your life, but you don't move on with your life very well. You're told that you're going to miss out on doing this with your friends or going to college, getting a job, or you know your life is going to be ruined if you have this baby. And so I just kind of bought into that. My parents at the time did not have a strong faith. And so they said, you know, whatever you want to do, fine, you know, we'll go along with it. When I did have my first child, I was 23 years old, and it just hit me. Oh, my gosh, what did I do? And at that point, um, it was heart-wrenching. At that time, I just cried a lot. I mean, I was happy about having my son, but I was also very sad about losing the baby that I had aborted. Um, What was it, like nine years earlier? You know, it was just devastating. I think it takes a while sometimes for it to set in, just for them to really realize the impact. And then they've maybe tried to dealt with that on their own, but they haven't been very successful. And so by the time they get to be 40 or 50 or 60 years old, it's like really impacted their lives. So I know abortion is not the easy way out. And um, there's other alternatives that are much better. I still regret it and um, wish I had never done it, but um, I did. And but I know God has forgiven me and I know my baby is in heaven and she's looking down on me they say that you kind of have a sense whether it was a boy or a girl and I have a sense that it was a girl and she's looking down and she's with us in our family I wish women would think twice three times, four times, whatever it takes do a lot of praying and think about what they're going to do you're missing out on the love of uh, of a family member you know there's no use no reason to not have that you can do it especially through the grace of god and all the services and support that's out there 
God bless Kathy Day for having the courage. She's from Haslip, Michigan, in the central Michigan area, for speaking out about the abortion that she felt pressure to have when she was only, the poor thing, 14 years old. And remember that there is always forgiveness and that God loves you. If you have helped to procure abortion in the past or maybe had an abortion yourself, do not feel like you're alone. Do not feel like you're alone. Contact your parish. Contact your diocese. Go through a Rachel's Vineyard Healing. Go to confession and know that God loves you, just as Kathy said. And you can, of course, have healing and find peace. And just a beautiful story. But these are the stories that we don't hear out there. And this is why I'm sharing them with you this morning. And sometimes I know we are looking at what's happening in our world, in our country, and we can feel overwhelmed. And I look at what's happening, for example, in Michigan, and the money that's pouring into this state from pro-abortion sources trying to get this proposal passed because they want this to be an example for the rest of the country so they can do this elsewhere. So if you think it's not going to come to your backyard, well, I'm sorry, but it is. And then I saw the readings for today. You know me, I'm always talking about Scripture, reminding us that the readings speak to us. This is one of the ways that God speaks to us. I love this first reading in God speaking to Job. So you can uh, imagine, right, Job and all the suffering that he's going through. But this first reading talks about the Lord addressing Job out of the storm. Job questioning, Job wondering. Job, of course, eventually accepting God's will, and, and, and we know the end of that story. But this whole idea of when we look up to God and say, what in the world is going on? You could fix this. You're God. You're omnipotent. And we don't understand it. We also see in the Old Testament that God says his ways are high above our ways. And so, of course, we don't get it because we're not God. But God also wants to remind us that he's there with us in and out of the storm. In this first reading from Job, chapter 38, the Lord addresses Job out of the storm and says, Have you ever in your lifetime commanded the morning and shown the dawn in its place for taking hold of the ends of the earth till the wicked are shaken from its surface? The earth is changed as is clay by the seal and dyed as though it were a garment. But from the wicked, the light is withheld and the arm of pride is shattered. Have you entered into the sources of the sea or walked about in the depths of the abyss? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Or have you seen the gates of darkness? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all. God is God and we are not. We keep on keeping on. We make sure we're in his will and we do what he calls us to do. And that means to get those stories out there, the stories that people don't have the opportunity to hear because of the secular media and our culture. We'll be right back. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Miracles are miracles because they're different than regular daily life. A miracle is a reminder that something beyond nature can act within nature. Miracles are meant to open our eyes more is always going on than just the normal humdrum of the daily life. Miracles are supposed to make us realize that our moral choices 
are impacting an invisible world that once in a while breaks through into our workaday world. The Blessed Mother predicted the miracle of the sun, and she made it clear that she was using it as proof of the truth of her message. In other words, when the sun stops dancing and you get back to church, to work, to home, remember what's at stake when you pray the rosary. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. If you'd like to share any of the stories that we shared with you in Fat Check Friday, and I hope that you do, forgot to mention an article by Father Charles Fox. We'll be discussing that next week. We'll post that as well, Detroit Catholic, about preaching the truth in love on abortion and life. All of that at the archive section. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Join Mary Immaculate Catholic Church in Farmer's Branch for its annual fun-filled Fall Festival. The Fall Festival takes place on Saturday, October 1st at the parish starting at 10 a.m. There will be plenty of food, games, and rides. There will even be an opportunity for cute and candid family pictures. Come out and show your support for the parish. For more information, visit MaryImmaculateChurch.org. This is Tony Beshera. My wife Chris and I own Babich and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babich and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999 or you can find us on the web at Babich, B-A-B-I-C-H dot com. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. 
Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 